Welcome to the Intercut Podcast Channel, the weekly place to hear the latest on movies, TV, and entertainment that people can't cut away from. I'm your co-host, Zachary Shevich, and joining me, the Duke of Arrakis, it's Arturo Zurita. Thank you, good sir. I am excited to talk about a, a new movie that is released in cinemas. Not a big deal. Not a big deal. We're, just another one very that, calm that has about come this. out. It's it's pretty simple. I believe it was uh, maybe going to Netflix, and uh, they were able to work out a deal. And I'm happy that he's able to continue part two of Dune. Yes, Dune part two drops us back on the desert planet of Arrakis as Paul Atreides embeds himself with the Fremen to learn their ways as Stilgar and Chani debate whether or not Paul is the Messiah foretold in the legends. Meanwhile, the Harkonnens revamp their war strategy, leaving it in the hands of Thade Rautha, the ruthless nephew of Baron Vladimir Harkonnen. Dune Part 2 adds further political complexities, several famous new cast members, and a whole lot of sandworm action. Have you ever seen a sandworm that big before, Arturo? Uh, I connect Arturo, it's actually top three. <laughs> is, this, is this movie spicier than the first one? You know... In some ways, right? I think this is one yeah. that it fully does connect with the first movie. I, I, It's weird that the first one got a lot of backlash of like, this is just half a movie. Wouldn't that mm-hmm. by default make this the other half of that movie? How does this <laughs> become bigger than the other one? I, I think they kind of complement each other to the point that I see them. Uh, they're very similar to a lot of degrees because they're answering each other's questions. I, I think that a lot of people are misunderstanding that a lot of the dreams that he has in the first one are coming to fruition or are being, in a sense, kind of remixed here from mm-hmm. different possibilities. And I think that the way that both movies speak together is something that goes with the themes and plot of the movie of someone who can see possible futures, but also the way that it's all blending in together. So I think it's uh, it, not to do the cop out of like, oh, I don't think one can be higher than the other because they're meant to fit as one piece, if that makes sense. Right. And I think that that's the best way to approach this movie. I disagree with him saying two is a standalone. I it, sure it stands alone. <laughs> I gotta buy one ticket to it. <laughs> they fit together a lot more than he thinks. Yeah, more than most movies that are part of a franchise that I can think about, at least from ones that I like. I find it hard to imagine myself in the future sitting down to watch part one or part two without watching them together. Like they really do yeah. feel like one picks up exactly where the last one left off, and that rings less than being like. Each one being an individual statement, they are part of a larger statement. Perfect. Now, whether or not that is like something you want in your your filmmaking for them to be kind of episodic like that, that's a, that's a larger question to answer. But just in terms of like the experience of watching Dune Part Two, it is really powerful. It is really epic. There are are, are very few movies that I think uh, match up to its level of like immersion into a into a world that feels like completely realized and and foreign to our own right like it is mm-hmm. it, it is a really great transportational device a vessel for for bringing you outside of your own uh your own perspective in a way in a way and i just like it's rare to me given how often we see you know cgi worlds and and made up uh characters and and ideas and stuff like that it's it's rare to be completely um, taken with just a vision 
that they've put together. And yeah. and the vision for this world, I think, is just so so awe-inspiring that that's like the main takeaway I have from these movies is I, I'm I'm in awe of the the palette of them, the the images that are put together. Um and uh, as as some of his recent press has indicated, Vil- Villeneuve is much more concerned with the visual than, than the Easily. dialogue as well. But but you understand that when you see these movies, yeah. And, yeah, right. I, mean, I, I, I that's the thing is like I, I think in a way that I don't often feel like uh, a movie in my like viscerally feel a movie when it when it it's working on these kinds of registers. Like I will respond often more to, to like an emotional movie or, or something that's a little more understated, but there is something really awe inspiring about how, uh, Villeneuve imagines Arrakis. Right at the beginning, there's this visual where obviously the Fremen who our main character is now a part of the people of this world of Dune, Arrakis are trying to like beat up the, uh, the, the, what would be the Harkonnen, the, the people who are trying to mine the spice, this valuable mm-hmm. thing. And they hit a button to escape. Yeah. And the way they, what it, they it do next, like... I don't even know if I, it's a shot in the trailer, so I don't even know if I could say it, but you right. know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, These henchmen yeah. do something to escape, and it just felt like wondrous. Yeah, right? There's, and it's, there's so much in this movie that, that feels like the, and in the same way, it's almost so simple that it's hard to believe that it it, it stands out in that way. But so yeah. much of it is right. Like you look at even just the the construction of the ships and the the way that they have those insect like wings. Like that's not. It it feels like such a simple idea, but it is so specific. And I haven't quite seen that in that way. Now, of course, that is something and that fits is the world. in the it's in the first one too, right? What what is yes. separate about th- what is distinct about this one? I think. Um, in terms of what's distinct about it, they're able to sort of like go even further into elements of this world and whether whether that's these like sequences that we get uh, traversing the desert with the obviously the the sandworms play a huge element in this film and and those scenes in particular are just the way they like rumble throughout the theater is is really really effective yeah. Um, so we go to some new locations here, particularly in terms of uh, visiting worlds other than Arrakis. And I think those sections are also like really, really beautifully realized. The The colors or, or sometimes lack of color is really, really striking. So I, I think those are some of the things that stand out about this one. But for the most part, you are getting a lot of like the same flavor. This is working in like... A, a similar mode as the first movie. I, I like you don't know if this one completely surpasses that first movie. I've seen a lot of people reacting uh, like this is like a gigantic leap forward. And I think they're kind of, they're, they're a little bit more on that, par than yeah. at least in my eyes. Yeah. It's not that we're not excited. Cause for starters, us complaining about someone going like, wow, a pretty big five stars. I have yeah. a four and a half. Like we're right there. We're right next <laughs> right, door. Right. And it, it, was, we're not I doing believe- that. Was that your favorite movie in what was it? Of 2020? the year, yeah. yeah so. so 21. And the idea should be that, like Zach just said, how is this like leaping the other one when right. it's the continuation? That's where it makes me go like, uh, it sounds like you guys are reviewing like a hype thing, which can only hurt a movie that's this jam-packed with stuff. This isn't yeah. your average blockbuster. What this is trying to do, as you were saying earlier, is be this epic where they're all connected, and I can't think of anything else like that, where no one goes, oh, yeah, I like the first Lord of the Rings or the second or the third. 
They put them as a bunch, dude. More than Star Wars, this is combining that epic space opera with the storytelling that he was able to do in The Hobbit. I hope as he does spinoffs, he doesn't, or sorry, Lord of the Rings, I hope he doesn't Hobbit it, but the way that he's been able to present what seems to be an average of two movies per book, and there are six books, and he has the audacity to cast people who hopefully you weren't spoiled, but they kind of have it out there. As just a shot because he's planning book number three, which is really book number movie number five. Mm-hmm. Like the 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 confidence in that feels so rewarding as a viewer to go in there and live in that world. So that's why I only find it a little offensive when someone's like, "Yeah, this is five stars." It mops the other one. You can't praise one parrot and diss the other one like that. <laughs> they're, they're, they come together. It's a family. They 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 breathe mm-hmm. off each other more than I think we even know. So saying stuff like that just shows me that movies down the line, you're just going to have to reevaluate it again. It's the person who says the next new Spider-Man movie is always the best new Spider-Man movie. That said, if I give the first one a four and a half and I think it's there, it's for many reasons. Story-wise, if the first one was them getting screwed over, this might be him screwing other people over. Mm -hmm. This is a movie where it's not just the visuals. People underplayed the story. The reason this connects so much is because everything you like about Star Wars came from here. What you like about Game of Thrones came from here. There are scenes from the first one about who dies as a king is the ending of a big plot in Game of Thrones. The 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 spaceness of, of what's happening here in terms of the way that it's told as an opera. Twists that are revealed in this movie are very similar to things that we have seen in major films. But I remember the first one having a lot of pushback because of uh, the direction of the story being Timothy kind of like taking over as this character of Paul. And I felt like no one was paying attention to what the first was saying. And there's a rhythm and an editing that's already there right in front of your face that just gives me goosebumps to think what he's going to show us later. And we're going to go like, holy smack, that scene in the first makes a lot of sense because there's visions that he gets, as we know, that aren't going to come to fruition or there's a variation of it. And sometimes you see him do something in the first movie in a vision. And the, and the way it's laid out, I'm trying to take my words uh, perfectly here. The way it's laid out and you possibly see those dreams maybe happen in the second aren't just like done well visually, but what they represent with who they switch or how they switch the actual event is, is I think it's going to have ripple effects uh, and I think really connects to the characters. One of my favorite lines from the first one was... Um, uh, uh, Berlin's character, um, he tells Timothy Chalamet, dreams aren't really what's important when you're awake. That's what's important because that's when you make things happen. That is the whole premise of this entire series is about the actions that you take um, and is why you need to take the action to buy Dune Part 2 IMAX tickets in theaters <laughs> while supplies last. <laughs> Uh, as we were alluding to earlier, there are several new additions to the cast, including Austin Butler's Fade Rautha, Christopher Walken as the Emperor, Florence Pugh as Walk- Princess Arulin. I, I'm probably mispronouncing that. Uh, and another extremely famous young actress who, as you mentioned, we don't know if we want to spoil, even though it's out there already. Bit uh, crazy, but- right? Yeah. I, I mean, love th- that. Th- this is one of the all-time casts, and it also feels like it's only going to feel more like that 10 years from now when Timothy Chalamet wins an Oscar yeah. and F- uh, Florence Pugh wins an Oscar. and You know, uh, it's just going to be that much crazier. Like a f- but freshman class 
It, it really does feel like we still XXL have so much ahead. Magazine stuff back in the day. <laughs> um, did did any of the new additions stand out to you in particular? And and why was it oh, Austin yes. Butler? Oh, it, dude. Because he played something completely different than this boy that we thought we had pinned down. Yeah. And it's not that he, you know, I came out of the theater and they like ask you for your thing. And I said, Austin Butler, surprisingly. And she laughed. She was like, oh, I'm shading him. I'm like, no, I, I didn't know he had menacing in him. Mm-hmm. We always talk about dramatic actors. Can they do comedy? And if they can, I'd be really impressed because sometimes I'll find a comedic actor uh, transition into comedy or into drama way faster than the other way around to do evil like that. That the the to be like a psychopath through yeah. and through was a fantastic juxtaposition to what Timothy also finally arises to. It took him a while to get there. I was also a little iffy on this skinny boy kind of rising it to the top, but he he rises to the occasion. He has yeah. such a deep voice in this one that I don't know how many packs he was smoking to get there to give that speech, and to see him go up against Butler's fade. The voice is what does it for me, yeah. and um, it's the facial structure. Totally, I totally. thought he had well, shaved. You heard it was bald cap. I mean, I assumed it was a bald cap just because I no, I, I did it because he I want to shave no those wrinkle. beautiful locks. <laughs> it, the bald cap comes up to the eyebrows. He said, "I'm like that's already we're talking we're talking makeup awards right there. That is yeah. because half of the shots are on his face. You're seeing it in also infrared because a lot of his scenes aren't black and white." They're being shot in a completely different platform that's capturing yeah. everything. I'm sorry. They're so committed to this movie, man. They're, it's really, really cool. Um, just getting What'd to What you the, like about him? I mean, I think I had a similar experience to you in that, like, obviously he's p- quite incredible in Elvis. Like, he really does fit fill the we shoes. Like yeah. Yeah. But I think there's something about playing Elvis that is almost like a cheat code for a young actor, right? Like that is mm. a man who's known for his like charismatic presence. It's only makes sense that you yeah. would like also radiate charm and charisma in a part like that. This is something completely different. It, it's a complete it's a completely different side of him. It is also like, even though it is this very evil, um, you know, kind kind of um d- dastardly i don't know character if, if that's mm-hmm. what uh he's not overplaying it right like he's not screaming and shouting there's just sort of like an no. an intimidating quality to the way he carries himself to the way he cocks yeah. his head sort of a little a little too much to the side yeah. it's like an animalistic thing right like he's yeah, the beastly. way that he like stares for you for the attack yeah. of the hound yeah you were mentioning yeah. earlier that 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 push that quote that uh Denis had said about um the visuals Oh, that he like not wanting the dialogue and, and relying on the visuals. Exactly, he does it with a lot of characters, but I think in particular with with uh, Austin's character. Yeah, so many reaction shots. Chani reaction shots. We're gonna get to her. There is so many shots of uh, uh, Austin Butler's feed when he's observing other people, and the shots of just his reactions and how he feels about them. Dude, it is superb, and I love how much attention he played on uh, just characters listening to other people when they're seeing Paul walk up the ranks it's about how many people will follow him I think his visual style the the just the way that he sets it up is perfect because he's commenting on the story showcasing it to you in that way it is all about how many minions can you get when do your friends turn into followers can he be even if he's got to lie till he makes it this prophet who people are going to 
follow and 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 him become the leader. And I think that uh, in those reaction shots from a bunch of people, you're capturing the awe that they're seeing on Timothy's character. Definitely. Uh, speaking more about Timothy, I, I agree with you in that this is actually, I think, some of the most impressed I've been with him. Uh, he he he's got this quality through most of his movies that he feels very like disaffected, like can't really like bring muster the full energy for for the moment right but he's able to really get dig dig deep in some of these moments and pull something that i don't know if i've seen him pull before yeah uh, he's he's quite good better here than he was in the first one for sure uh we he does sound a little like oscar grouch though sometimes <laughs> there was <laughs> and i don't mean that in a bad way yeah it was it was it was a delight so shout out him for sure yeah, always nice to have uh, Javier Bardem and Josh Brolin. Uh, Zendaya, I thought, was really excellent as as well. There's one reaction shot on her face in particular yes. that is, like, amazing. It's the eye. Yeah. It's the eye. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you got to bag it up on Josh Brolin, bro. First of all, No Country for Old Men duo coming in fully here. There's a <laughs> shot where he, he framed them both up. I'm just saying the way they've been talking about it behind the scenes, they knew they were paying respect to the No Country for Old Men boys. But Javier Bardem kills this bit yeah i'm talking this is your religious uncle who found the faith way too late now has to <laughs> overcompensate i want a montage i when the cam drops i'm cutting it up every single time under his breath when he could just say oh it's written praise be praise be <laughs> i know that individual so well it's gonna connect to people like no other it had to be a hispanic man bro it had to be a latino catholic person to do this i cannot think of anybody else who can like in, a, in an instance just be like he's so humble just like it's written in the book. I loved <laughs> everything about his character, dude. He might be my favorite character in the movie for this round. I, I, He's really I, Especially fun. on two times two times through. Because he also has more. I, I've been hearing a lot of people say these things about Butler. And that's where you and I go back to these reservations of these five stars. And sure, yeah, we, you love the movie. Both, that's great, but... We both thought Austin Butler is great. We both don't think fantastic. he's like Anton Chigurh or something to speak because of No Country point, for Old Men. Yeah, you're lying because <laughs> they're so drastically, with no spoilers, different characters and what they serve. This man, with all due respect, he's like the scrappy do of the bunch. That's mm -hmm. what makes him so good is that he's supposed to be this outlier who's coming in to try to do something. Not the like full antagonist, not the full supporting character. So it feels a little like they're fluffing up the praise, which I, to me is never the best way to go about praising a movie because you're going to get people who are then going to uh, get it overhyped for them. He's yeah. still great for what he is, but I think he made his own character there. And I think uh, what uh, I was about to call him Trigger, Javier Bardem's able to do with this second half of uh, Stalger's character from what you saw yeah. in the first, is that's progression. I love that so much. So really, really good stuff all around. And Christopher Definitely. Walken, the presence. Yeah, man. I, I mean, thought the voice was going to be a little too much, but there's so many weird voices in this movie that he just needed a presence like him to be the emperor. And for yeah. what he plays in this movie, it, I he perfect casting. It's such a smart utilization of Christopher Walken because it's not you. You drop Christopher Walken into a movie, and it's like, well, that's Christopher, that's Christopher Walken. Walken. He's he's got this like <laughs> otherworldly tone and speech and yeah. pattern to him but as an emperor it kind of makes sense like he kind of soars above people in a certain way um, easily yeah i mean it's it just how spoiled are you to be to have christopher walken is like the 10th most famous side. person in your movie 
amazing stuff. Florence Pugh as well. Continuing mm-hmm. to get the IMAX little screen time treatment, but a little bit more than Oppenheimer's. Yeah, and and also a little bit more of like a introduction to what will likely be a, a bigger exactly. role in the future without necessarily like yeah. spoiling anything. This is, as you mentioned, a, a long series that uh, hopefully we'll continue to get more from. Yeah. yeah, I think people felt like this was going to be like a duo trilogy. It's like, no, this expands long. And to cast people like this, her in particular, she has been saying that Denny told her, please, come on, trust me. It's not going to be a lot, but I got you. And yeah, it's Princess is already a pretty big role, I would say, on the call sheet. Yeah. But what she's going to be, it's going to be yeah. awesome to see the two characters that are going to be playing off of each other. Like, yeah. he, they're just going to be printing money. In my opinion, for the Although next Denis, one. Denise mostly talked about only wanting to do three of these, I believe, right? Yeah, and I know he's got the like the the series, and that's why I'm saying like if you do the Lord of the Rings, and then I don't know, end up doing a Hobbit thing later, or mm-hmm. what everyone's doing nowadays, which is miniseries. I'm curious to see how they expand it, but I w- I would also only want three instead of having to give it to another director. Yeah. To finish if the story, right? You'd rather Denis put a bow on it than see it diminish in season four else's succession, hands. right? Yeah. End it, yeah. end it when you can. So, I, I'm not against that. I, it sucks, but three Dune movies. Um, <laughs> you're making me greedy now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's already more than enough. So yeah. Uh, you've already said you really, really love this movie. That that we're not yeah. gonna argue that point. Is there anything you want to like take away from it? Is there any any yeah. slights you have against it? This is not the Empire Strikes Back. I don't know who said that. Yeah. It's not. This is the Godfather. The Godfather 2? 1. 1. Oh, okay. Think about the shot of the Godfather 1. We'll talk later. (laughs) I think this is more of a... We'll bring that up in the after credits with spoilers next week. This is more of a cliffhanger than what people were saying the first one was. I'm sorry, but there was like a setting up. This is like... not. We gotta get ready. Like... If this is a, and I say this as another four and a half movie from last mm-hmm. year, right? This is Spider-Verse. So I already know I'm putting my body already out there. I know right. y'all don't care. That's fine. That's completely okay. But like I explained to you when I went to go see my IMAX screening, just because people didn't know that it wasn't in real IMAX and they're still happy with it doesn't change the fact that they paid for something and didn't get it. You can't order mm-hmm. a double cheeseburger and get a single. Just because you are okay with an ending like this, this is two of my favorite movies. It is very much not finished. That, yeah. It's not an installment. It needs to be a Lord of the Rings trilogy. Exactly, yeah. I, I do think that people will will have some similar issues with this one as they had with the first, and yeah. that it just doesn't really... It, you can't really walk away from it like, oh, well, I, I know what happens to those people now, or I'm I'm glad everything was okay at the end of the day. It's, it's, it nah. doesn't... It doesn't leave things clean, which is fine, yeah. and I'm I'm excited for whatever comes next. But you know, whereas that first movie really feels like we're starting off on the adventure, this feels feels like all right, and the conclusion will follow. Yes, in 2027 or whatever it is. The first one ended, and it's like okay, you guys are gonna train maybe for months or something. This one ends, and it's like I need to know what they say the next time they see each other. Like, yeah. what is the next scene? Right after this. Yeah. I, it's funny because just like uh, Spider-Verse, we're going to have people who love this movie arguing about how to love the movie. Mm-hmm. How to love a movie. <laughs> that is yeah. what we'll be for the next exactly. couple of weeks, Zach. I'm and, excited. And I think, Screw it. Yeah. I think some of the things that we're talking about also led to some of my issues with the, with the story in that 
I feel like there's, there's times where it feels a little bit like elements are are a little bit shortchanged because I think they're stuffing so much in here that like we, we get like two thirds of an arc rather than the full arc for, for some characters. And, and some of that is like, you're leaving yes, off, I do agree with that one. you're leaving off elements from the first store, first movie and answering them in the second, or you're introducing elements in this movie that will hopefully get answered in the third. But whereas like you want fe- things to feel like they, they come full circle. This maybe yeah. only comes like three quarters of the way, if that, that makes yeah. any sense. And uh-huh. it, it, again, like I still really, really enjoy it, but I feel like a lot of this might feel different in the context of all the story rather than part of it. Right. And I think Um, the people who are like, no, we could do them individually. Well, they'll never be watching it individually. I think people do agree with what we're saying, but for the time period, it's like, no, I'm connected to this movie, not the 21 or the 25. (laughs) I'm connected to the 2024 installment. So yeah, that approach is going to be very interesting to see people kind of break down. Cause I agree with you. It's going to have to be one whole thing to, to speak for it. Definitely. You know, we're less than two weeks away from the Oscars, and it's kind of crazy to think about what might have happened had Dune Part 2 came out last year as planned and was part of this year's Oppenheimer, Barbie, Killers of the Flower Moon, Poor Things race. I mean, the first Mm -hmm. Dune was nominated for 10 Oscars, and it won six of them. Here's what it got nominated for last time in art. Stop me when I say something you think it shouldn't be nominated for again. Best sound. Best visual effects. Best production design, best music written for the screen. Shout out Hans Zimmer. I'm sorry I, I said anything bad about you. Um, best film editing, best makeup and hairstyling, best costume design, best cinematography, best adapted screenplay, and best picture. Best sound. There is a shot where uh, your boy from uh, Guardians with Bautista walks in. Mm-hmm. And he sees something that he doesn't want to, but before he enters there, there's doors, and it's just the sound design of what's happening inside that room. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Bautista also has another freak out moment. Great. He's also great your in vi- this movie. We didn't mention Yeah, him. your visual effects, I'm going back to those floating people that I was talking about earlier. You just see it, and it's wondrous. Production design. All the Bene Gesserit stuff that they are now showcasing to us. Screw it. I'm going to go with the Coliseum scene. What the heck is that? What Oof. the heck were those things floating in the background to make sure that they can rig the, the fights? The fireworks? Is, why did they not have fireworks but waterworks? Because they love to waste water. The movie's everything, bro. <laughs> it's everything. Like, like what? Like, who thinks of this stuff? Yeah, it's nuts. We? Music written for the screen. When did you assault them? When we were talking oh, about how good Ludwig Göransson's score is in Oppenheimer, and I was like, I'm, you know, I'm glad that you Nolan's moved say, on. Yeah, you were censored. You were like, screw this man. <laughs> yeah, Lanking was overrated. Out with the old in with the new, right? The Coliseum no, I mean, scene when he comes out to those otherworldly bagpipes. I've never seen a new color. Yeah, I mean, I can open up my Spotify right now, and it's it's to the uh, it's it should be to the Dune Part Two soundtrack. So um, I'm eating my own words there. He said, "This is my thing." He said, "Nolan, sorry, I can't come back. The homie's making Dune. I'm gonna yeah. be gone for a while." And he yeah. did that. Did you? Uh, Josh Brolin has a song because that's been hinted. I don't know if you saw. He's got a poetry book. We've seen his poetry out there, but he's got. We'll a poetry do an after book. credits uh, on the poetry book later. <laughs> you all separate 45 minutes for that uh, uh, the cinematographer Greg Frazier they put a book together mm. his pictures his words so he finally has an instrument 
Hans Zimmer, Josh Brolin collabed for that song. So interesting. Yeah. Fascinating uh uh I guess build up to where we're leading yeah. to the stuff. But if you have not seen um Hans Zimmer perform this score live, you got to. It's yeah. it's like Danny Elfman at Coachella. Um and then you know all the rest. Film editing from the visions, makeup and hairstyling for what they we end were just up doing talking for the about blue it. eyes and especially the mom. Oh yeah. um the Harkonnen. I we have not mentioned a Skarsgård, which is crazy to think that Austin Butler damn near became Pennywise in this movie. He feels like a Skarsgård like lost brother, right. and who's playing his relative, if not Stalin. Mr. Skarsgård himself, yeah. who's always Papa. doing a great job. You see more emotions. You see more of his lying in here. When you really realize, oh, you're this big dude, but you're not the biggest dude. It's so fascinating to see him now have to talk to people above him. Really good stuff. All around costume design, cinematography, and yeah, costume design just submit Florence Pugh's designs alone. Like <laughs> the the head stuff, crazy. Yeah. Um, can we mention who uh, she speaks to? Who is another Bene Gesserit? Uh, yeah, I mean, at this, this is maybe like the, a minor spoiler, but it's kind of out there, I guess. So if you're thirty minutes in and you still can't know this detail, now's your yeah. chance. Leia Sado plays an extra sister, which I didn't know going Yeah, in. And that, to me, just adds this whole other element of, like, I need that miniseries. I can see, like, it stops Paul's story, and it's like, she goes on a mission to go do something. And I'm like, sure. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> Give me you know, all ten episodes. You know, it's funny. <laughs> I, there was a moment in the movie where I was starting to be like, all right, this has been a long time following Paul and the Fremen. What else is going on? And literally at that moment, it cuts to about 20 minutes of, you- like... Of Bene Gesserit and Harkonnens. <laughs> it's really good stuff, man. And uh, yeah, probably all of them the best picture. Yeah. I mean, I, I think when you get that many below the line awards, you, you kind of get into the best picture discussion as well. So it, it's probably going to be nominated for all of those, if not some more. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, do you it, think it's... the screenplay was better this time around or do you find issues with it? Because I did find it to be stronger. That is probably the one thing I'll edge out. I loved his journey of realizing how do I get these people to follow me? It was really good stuff. Yeah, I thought it was solid this time. Um, I, I I didn't have huge issues with it last time, but I, I do think mm-hmm. the script maybe stands out a little bit more this time. Yeah. Again, There's I like that. I just, I think some they good do lines. With it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, easily for sure. So, um, I I would highly recommend it. It is obviously a combo price. It is obviously a must watch. I know that it's not going to be everybody's cup of tea for what it's going for, but I mm-hmm. think that that's the beauty of this vision that he's doing for Dune. Um, having it be this very poetic style of movie. It's like Tenet where it's not asking you to understand all the political, geographical things, but it's building this world where you feel the journey that these characters are going on. Um, this clash between, and again, kind of goes with Tenet as well, this clash yeah. between faith and maybe you creating your own destiny. I loved it. Yeah. Shout out to Devesh in the live stream. Our patrons are live streaming this review, and you can become a patron by heading over to patreon.com slash intercutpod. Devesh asks us, Denis was snubbed for best director last time. Do you think he'll be snubbed this time? Uh, I think there's a good chance he might be, and I don't think it'll be his fault. We see this also with... Uh, the Greta Gerwig snub for Barbie this year that I think sometimes the directing category is less focused on these like bigger blockbuster type films and more focused on, on um, 
on some of the more like traditional Oscar-y movies. So while a movie like this can pick up 10 Oscar nominations in virtually every below-the-line category, it, it's a tougher ask to get it that one of those five director slots. I'm not saying it's not going to happen, but like this early without knowing what's going to come out or anything, I wouldn't like put, make him a favorite or anything like that. I'm just shaking my head because you're right. <clears throat> I disagree with it. That idea that just because it's explosions and stuff, it's not, you know, Oppenheimer was able to snag it, right? Because that wasn't him doing dark night stuff. It was big movie on IMAX talking. Dude, you can cut out an hour of the action. It's a, There's a 90-minute movie here where they're just talking. He's shooting conversations in IMAX. This mm-hmm. is Game of Thrones political debates. <laughs> yeah, you're not even applying the correct rules if you're not nominating him for what easily is some of the best directed performances. They're better. Like, we have real performers in a movie that's got the budget of a Marvel film. Mm-hmm. A Star Wars film. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad we're alive right now. <laughs> what? Yeah, man. Good stuff. <laughs> Y'all worried about best director? Man, we're going to be talking about these movies forever. Yeah. Great stuff, man. Best director. Um, so, yeah. High rec- highly recommended from both of us. Um, I think I'm maybe like a tiny bit cooler on it than you, but similarly, I was cooler on the first one than you. I still think it's uh, incredible and, and worth seeing in theaters. I want to see it again before I like fully say I love this one, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because one of the things that I really respect about how uh, Venlu approaches these films is like, he's not afraid to make them dense. And as a result, it's like, there's a lot that you can miss too, because Mm -hmm. they are so so dense and so layered. So um, I'm excited for it to be out in theaters so I can see it again, so everybody can see it and let us know their thoughts. Uh, Let us know your thoughts in the comments down below and make sure to tune back into the Intercut channel next week when we go full spoilers on a review for Dune. All live, too, so y'all can join us in the chat. Definitely. Art, any last thoughts, first review thoughts on Dune Part 2? Again, just keep an eye out to make sure that you have that proper IMAX screening. You don't want it to be like this. You don't even want Mm -hmm. it to be like this. You, When you're in there, you will know. Because it looks like it goes up to the heavens and you'll feel that you'll need to look down to see how below it goes. It is, there is not an experience like it. So if you go to an IMAX screening and you don't have a good time, you went to a IMAX at that point. I'm just letting you know. There is a difference. Definitely. All right, so that's about all for this edition of Intercut. You can catch more from me across social media at Zshevich or on places where there are video at Multiplex Show. Art, where can people find more from you? You can find me over at LME Movies on Twitter, YouTube, Letterboxd, or every week here on the Intercut Podcast, eating out of my Dune popcorn bucket. <laughs> you can listen to every episode of the Intercut Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, whatever your favorite podcatcher is. I like Overcast. And then make sure you subscribe not just to the audio podcast, but to the video feed as well on YouTube.com slash Intercut Pod, where you can get our sun-soaked smiles as we run through the latest in entertainment, find new episodes of the Intercut Weekend must watch streaming every monday on our channel and please leave us a comment like the videos consider heading over to itunes and spotify to give us that much requested five star review shout out to those of you in what country should i pull out of the hat oh yo shout Arrakis. out to mozambique we get we get um, oh yes some comments from mozambique so so big shout out to them shout out to canada shout out to brazil shout out to mexico and definitely as you mentioned 
Huge shout out to Arrakis. Uh, (laughs) Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Even with that mood, the communication still go through. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) Uh, Follow us on Twitter. Hey, support us on Patreon over at patreon.com slash intercuppod so you can catch the live stream of these videos before they go live to the public. And you can get updates throughout the week on all those places as well as our Discord, which you can find a link to in the description of this episode. And you get updates throughout the week from Art, from me, from all the guests that we feature here on Intercut. Thanks again for tuning in. And until next time, don't waste your water on the dead.